the Lord is my shepherd. Probably one of the most famous phrases in Scripture. Even people who are only tangentially connected to faith probably know that first whole line, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, because they've probably been to a funeral or two, or a memorial service or two, or they've, or they've heard it talked about. It, it is probably, I mean, I don't know, you could look it up, but one of the most famous pieces of scripture in the entire book, the Lord is my shepherd. But as Elder Rapp was talking about, we don't, most of us anyway, in America, don't know much about shepherds. We don't know much about sheep, to be really honest. But the interesting thing is that even without that, if we just go to the scripture, we come to find that in so many places, the people who are given care of the Israelites, the people who are given care over other people, are called, metaphorically, the shepherds. And in Ezekiel 34, God challenges those and says, the people, the shepherds that I have, that I have given to you have not basically been true shepherds. They've not done what they're supposed to do. They're not supposed to. They've not done, they've not taken care of the sheep in the way that they're supposed to. And then God goes on to say, I'm going to be the shepherd from now on. It's really interesting. Because again, it just, it creates this story within the story of Scripture of God as the shepherd. And so here is, and in Psalm 23, of course, the little notation under that is a psalm of David. So we think that David wrote this, right? So King David, who is ostensibly a shepherd over the people, is saying what? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because the Lord will provide for me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I think this is an interesting phrase. He makes me, like, make, like forces, like, I mean, every once in a while, I'll I'll look out in the backyard and I see this woman that I've been with for 29 years just laying down in the green pasture, looking up at the sky. And I'm like, has something happened? No, the grass just called to her and she needed to check it out, you know. Look at the clouds. No one made her lie down in green pastures. It is, I mean, think about that. He makes me lie down in green pastures. It really is, he leaves me beside still waters. It's, It's this notion of care and of love that God provides even to the one who's supposed to be the shepherd over all of the people The shepherd leads me in right paths for the shepherd's namesake, for God's namesake. My question about that is, is can we, as those who are under the shepherd, can we trust the path that we are on? I mean, I don't know about you, but most of the time, I wonder if I'm on the right path. I wonder if I've made the right decisions. I wonder if I'm making the right decisions. I wonder if I should be doing something else that would be better or different. 
I, I wonder if God wants me to be doing something better or different. But what would happen if we trusted that God was the shepherd and that God was present with us and that we could trust that God was leading us in right paths? We could open up our decision-making to that process that, that perhaps right where we were was where we needed to be in the moment. And then we needed to figure out what God the shepherd wanted us to do and be in that moment. Could we trust the path that we are on? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, and I love this, I don't, I don't know how you've envisioned this, but as I read some commentary here, it's, it's basically the darkest valley insinuated that there's complete darkness, but you're not dead. The valley of the shadow of death, right? As we would say it back in the old King James, I think. But even though I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of darkness, the, the valley of futility, the valley of hardship, the valley of despair, I fear no evil. I fear no evil. For you, the shepherd, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And remember what the rod and the staff are for. The rod and the staff are to, to you know, get the sheep back in line, basically, to protect them. They're also to beat off the attackers and the wolves and those who would, who would prey on the sheep. But there's also a reason why, you know, we often know a shepherd's crook had a hook on the end because you needed to yank them back every once in a while because, well, sheep aren't necessarily that bright in general. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, of course, which is, was a great honor, like something to be anointed. My cup overflows. And then I love this phrase. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I've never really... What does that mean? Goodness and mercy shall follow me? Like, as I look back, there'll be goodness and mercy? I want to, what, what about right now? <laughs> you know? Where's the goodness and mercy now? Do I have to look back to see it? Well, we often do, don't we? Right? We get past something and we go, oh my gosh, I didn't, oh, oh, that person, oh, that situation, oh, that gift. But I love this. The word here for follow me also means pursues me, chases me down. Wouldn't it be great to think that goodness and mercy are chasing you down, no matter how hard you run away from it. But the Lord is your shepherd. Goodness and mercy are chasing you down. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And I should dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. The Lord is my shepherd. And so then as you, as you think about this theme that I think would have permeated the culture of the Jews and the teaching of the Jews... Right? That God is our shepherd. We really don't have another true shepherd other than our Lord. And now you have Jesus, and now you have Jesus coming and saying, I am the good shepherd. Because back in Ezekiel, when God was talking, God was talking about the bad shepherds, the ones who didn't do what they were supposed to do. I am the good shepherd. 
The word good, uh, Noah and I were talking about this last night, that sometimes, you know, good, depending on what you're using it for, can mean different things. And I just love this example because I wanted to use it today. We were talking about when you talk about, you're a good dog, does that mean you have a morally upright, upstanding dog? No, that means the dog doesn't chew your shoes. Which may be morally upright, Paul, I don't know. But, but the dog doesn't chew your shoes, doesn't bark at the, you know, doesn't, doesn't go crazy and bark all the time, or whatever. But that's a good dog, right? But when you say, Troy's a good person, more than likely that leads to some sort of upstanding and, and morality. When you say he's a good contractor or a good carpenter, that means that he's he knows how to use a hammer. I am the good shepherd. Here, though, it does mean that Jesus knows how to handle the sheep, right? I'm the good shepherd. But it's also like, I'm the model for all shepherding. I love that thought. If you're going to have care for people, the model is Jesus. If you're going to shepherd a group, if you're going to have management with people, if you're going to whatever, and, and understand, I mean, Jesus, Jesus was not just this warm, fuzzy shepherd. He, he, put, he put the boundaries down about what was and what wasn't good and right to do with one another. He talked about love in a very real way, a very, not just some sort of warm, fuzzy way, but a way that holds us accountable. And then he goes on to say, the good shepherd, the model shepherd, weighs down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who's not the shepherd, doesn't own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and runs away. The wolf snatches and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the model shepherd. i I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. He says this again and again, that there's something about being the good shepherd, the model shepherd, that goes along with laying it down. Well, this doesn't go with the metaphor, but as followers of Jesus, we're called to lay it down too. We're called to lose our life in order to gain it. We're called to lay down all of those things that we think we're supposed to be and supposed to do in order to be taken up by the way that the shepherd is leading us. And it is one of the hardest things that we will ever do. And we don't just do it once. We continue to do it all the way throughout our lives. Because as God is leading us, as Jesus is leading us to green pastures, there are trails to be followed, and oftentimes we can get off those trails. But God calls us back to them. I am the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep. And then here's the bomb that drops. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. What? You mean it's not just us? You mean it's not just Westminster Church that gets to go to heaven or be with you as the shepherd? What? 
I mean, we have a big problem in Christianity today, in the whole of Christianity today, that where we want to continue to draw these boundaries and say of our own volition, because we think we're the shepherd, to say, you're out, I'm in. And that's usually how it goes. It's rarely, I'm out, you're in, (laughs) if you notice. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. There's a lot of hullabaloo made about this in the, in the commentaries, and I'm good with that. But, but really, for me, it is just, you know, God's at work. And God is working in people's lives in, in powerful ways. And, and trusting the path that we're on means also, in many ways, trusting the path that others are on. And loving them as they are on their path. And yes, if we think they're headed for danger, if we think they're headed for trouble, to be with them and to help them and to call them back. But I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I think God, God, as we know in our Reformed theology, God cannot ultimately be defined by our words. God is always opening up us to something new and something different. And I must bring them also. I'm going to gather all these people and they will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. Here's the difference between the model shepherd and the rest of the shepherds or those who would have charge of other people. He has the power to lay down his life and he has the power through the Holy Spirit to take it up again. And this is why we call him Savior and Lord. is because God, through the Holy Spirit, raised him up again. He laid down his life for the sheep and and the powers and the principalities took him to his death. And he showed that the power of the shepherd was more powerful than the powers of the principalities. That this shepherd is to be trusted. And if the shepherd is leading us, then we can lay it down as well. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. May you know that he leads you in green pastures. <laughs> That he leads you beside still waters. That when you go through the darkest valley, the valley of futility and despair, that the shepherd is with you and that that shepherd's goodness and mercy are pursuing you every day of your life. We give thanks and praise to this one that we call Jesus the Christ, the one who is the good shepherd. And we give thanks because he laid it down. Amen.